everyone, and welcome to the Tightwad Teacher Podcast, brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. And now, here are your hosts, Sean Keibel and John Mikulski. Welcome to the Tightwad Teacher. This is Episode 9, Worldwide Postcards for September 6, 2011. Uh, as usual, this is uh, Sean Keibel, and I'm joined by my co-host, John Mikulski. Say hey, John. Morning, and, and I'm I'm going to start with good morning because it's really really early. Yes, it is. It's even earlier for me. <laughs> yeah, you're you're an hour before before I am. I'm ahead. Our our guest today is joining us from uh, Berlin, so to best accommodate everyone's schedule, it we're both up pretty early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I got up around four, and uh, uh, I had to set up uh, all the gear. The uh, recording studio gear is uh, is here with me, so I had to get that all set up and working right. And uh, to top it off, and I'm, I'm glad I did wake up so early, uh, we're starting at 5 a.m. here in Central Time, uh, because one, I had to, uh, the normal uh, laptop that I run my recording gear through, uh, and I actually use several laptops, but the one that actually does the recording itself uh, I don't have with me I, I left it at the, at the school yesterday mm. so I realized that uh, as I'm setting everything up and I think oh no and so I have a backup but it doesn't have audacity on it and it doesn't have the um, there's special software for the board so that it can interface with the computer so <laughs> I'm sitting there and I, you know it, I went from I'm setting up real early. I'm getting a great start on this thing and I'm going to be really ready to go to, oh no, I hope I can pull this off in time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's funny how, you know, that'll get the blood flowing, right? It's kind of like when you wake up and you look over at the clock and you, you usually wake up at five and you look over and the clock says seven, you know, and you, it's like a spring, you bounce out of bed. <laughs> oh yeah. You race around the house and Try to get ready. Yeah. Right. So uh, that was a good wake up call for me. But uh, fortunately, uh, since I was kind of running early, uh, got everything up and running and uh, uh, got us started on time. So that was that was good. Uh, so, uh, John, you uh, you wanted to mention EdTech Day. Is that right? Yeah, this is uh, something I've done in the past um, in Western New York, where I'm from. There's um. Uh, a not-for-profit called the Educational Technology Foundation of Western New York. And it's a really, really cool um, organization. Basically, what they do is throughout the year, um, they work with other partners and they contact businesses that are upgrading computers. So say you have a law firm and they're ditching 20 desktop computers. Um, what this foundation does is they'll take all that technology and they'll repurpose it, basically. They wipe it and they reformat it. And throughout the year, um, it started off as just private schools, charter schools, but now they've opened it up to um, other charities. But these different organizations will contact them and ask for different technologies, different tools to be used in classrooms. And then one day of the summer, they'll send out all these volunteers to basically wander these schools and install this new technology. And I've done it a couple times in, in the past. And it's really kind of rewarding for me to do that, especially when you walk into a school where there literally is no computers and then you put a whole new computer lab in over the course of a day. So um, that's how I spent my day yesterday. And, and yesterday, like I said, they, they've now opened it to charities. So I was actually at the, the Goodwill Industries in Buffalo. It's their main office. Um, and, and they do all kinds of community support and community service as well as, um, I don't know if you have them, Sean, like the retail um, thrift stores, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. But we had, we installed... Um, 16 refurbished computers and um, 
we set up one computer lab. It was 12 computers. And then the other four went to either offices or they had a, a workstation area for people who come in who are looking for help with employment, that kind of thing. So um, it was kind of cool because I got to spend the day tinkering with computers. And that's always a good thing, I guess, right? Yeah, absolutely. And what a what a perfect uh, opportunity to not only hone your skills, but you know, kind of put them to use in something that's uh, altruistic. So uh, it yeah, gives, you, it, gives you a good feeling. Yeah. And it, um, the team I worked with, it was just a few other guys. And it's cool because they all come from different backgrounds. Um, I was the only teacher that that was involved in my group. But the one one of the other guys who was just it was amazing to watch it. It was just brilliant to watch because it's so above me. He did all the networking, the, the networking piece. But he was he told me he was this the senior engineer uh, networking engineer for um, one of the the group of uh, Catholic charities uh, hospitals. There's like three major hospitals in the area, and he basically does all their networking. So um, it, it was kind of cool to talk to him and and hear some of that back end stuff that I you know I'm typically my role is end user. So uh, it was neat to to see some of that and watch as he filled in some of the gaps of of what I knew how to do and then where that that knowledge stopped was setting up these computers. Yeah, uh, people like that are very interesting, and I think everybody's run into one uh, a time or two. And especially if you uh, if you work at a particularly a good sized district that actually has a uh, a tech professional, you know, one of those one of those guys. And uh, I, it's funny, Mark and I always talk about those guys have an engineer's mind, uh, which uh, you know, engineering minds work different than everybody else. You know, they're very analytical and. Uh, very often they uh, they give up some of the social side for their highly analytical side oh yeah and, and that was you know the one thing not not that i'm picking on anyone i worked with but at times conversations got got very very uh limited <laughs> you kind of yes. run out of things to say some of these people because they you know when he tells me how he sits you know for eight hours a day in a room with 12 different monitors and <laughs> that's all he does right yeah yeah and, and that's it too just the nature of the work kind of removes you from the rest of the world uh so yep. not only are you probably already predisposed to really not be a super social uh, creature but then you're put into an environment that just magnifies that so uh i always try to tell people uh, because there always seems to be a sort of a disconnect and uh when uh, it's like the network administrator and uh oftentimes there can be uh i don't know bad blood there maybe but it's because of it there's such a wide difference in communication style is really all that it is um, I often, since I'm I'm more of a user supporter, uh, I, I'm kind of the buffer, the go between, and I I try to explain that to uh, to the end users and uh, get you know so that they can understand that you know you're dealing with a different type of person and you know you can't when they come back with kind of a gruff or a real short answer uh it's not meant to uh to spite you in any way or anything like that and uh and then i go back to the network administrator and say uh well you know you got to say good morning to these people and you know, they like those <laughs> they like those niceties in, in conversation <laughs> so you're like a translator and a coach <laughs> right right uh and you know that's just that's and that's fortunately a talent i have so i'm doing the perfect job i think but uh yeah it, it's definitely interesting uh, you know, seeing those two sides uh, play against each other. Sure. And I do want to point out, 
um, the, first of all, the website, if anyone is, I don't know if our listeners, if there's anyone from the Buffalo area that listens, um, it's edtechday.org. And like I said, it's a, an annual thing. They do it every summer. And even if you aren't one of those techie people, like I'm really not, I don't know a whole lot about the back end of networking and, and setting up server rooms and that kind of thing. But even they're just looking for people who are willing to come out and plug computers into walls. I mean, that, that's how, uh, expansive, you know, all the different, uh, jobs are because you don't know what these schools want. One year I helped set up a smart board and another year I, I helped set up wireless cards and laptops. So um, there's a, a wide range of things and and you do whatever you're comfortable with based on your abilities. So it's just, it's a great way to help out the community. It's a great way to repurpose some of these machines that would have ended up in the garbage otherwise. And it's a great way to put more computers, more technology into students' hands. Yeah. And uh, I think you made a good point there. It's also a great opportunity to learn, uh, you know, in that type of oh, environment. Yeah. Uh, you may only know, you know, so far as to be able to plug, a, you know, a keyboard into a computer. And, you know, that might be the extent of your knowledge. Uh, but I guarantee you go to something like that. Uh, you're going to start off plugging keyboards in and but somebody's going to show you how to do something else. So it's a great opportunity to learn more about computers for free. Oh, yeah. I, I'm totally, by the way, that reminds me, uh, at the end of the show, I'm going to steal your tech tip <laughs> because I learned something new. Uh, all right, John. Well, if you don't have anything else in the warm-up, I think uh, you ready to bring Anna on? Uh, yeah, I'm real excited about this one. I need to get that out of my out of my, uh, out of of my my mouth now, Anna, and uh, Anna. because it's Anna. I know. She, I think she's, she's Portuguese, so uh, we're going to butcher her name. I think she probably will say it much more elegantly than, than we ever could. <laughs> right. Uh, well, I'll say her name is Ana Campos. And uh, uh, yes, being here in the United States, I look at the name and keep wanting to say Ana Campos. Yeah, so, <laughs> Americanize it. So uh, even though I may be so technically correctly, I guess, uh, but I will do my best. So uh, yeah, let's bring her on, Ana Campos, uh, the community manager for postcrossing.com. Okay, so let's uh, bring our guest on, uh, Anna Campos. And uh, uh, Anna, I'm going to just cut straight to you and say, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and uh, uh, just uh, all that you do. Okay, so um, I'm the community manager at postcrossing.com. And uh, basically, my job is just to uh, interact with the people, understand what they want for the project, and uh, make a little bridge between them and the developer. <laughs> Sounds simple. Yeah, it is, well, <laughs> in busy, theory, right? it's quite it's quite simple. But then we have a lot of people, of different people in different countries. So um, to take into account all of what they want, then it's not so simple. <laughs> now you've uh, you've been doing that since, uh, July two thousand five. Is that correct? So that's a perfect time to tell us uh, tell us all about it. Tell us, uh, you know, what is post crossing, and uh, we know that it started in two thousand five. So uh, give us a little uh, brief history. Okay, so in two thousand and five, uh, I was at university, and Paulo, the, the the creator of post crossing, was finishing his degree. He was graduating in computer science, and um, he had a problem, which was he loved postcards, but nobody was sending postcards to him, and it made him a little bit sad. So um, he thought, maybe there are other people out there that uh, like to send and receive postcards. And so he, he put his skills to work, and he made a little website uh, where people could exchange postcards. And it turns out there were a lot of people who liked to exchange postcards after all. So that's what Postcrossing is, is um, a website, basically, that allows anyone to exchange postcards from random places in the world. And it's free, completely free. So we're talking about 
real paper postcards, actually, not handwritten, not, um, sorry, not e-cards or, um, oh, this is going bad. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's fine. <laughs> uh, now, that's interesting. So it, it's uh, almost kind of like a pen pal network. Would that would that be accurate? Um, no, not exactly. I mean, with post-crossing, you send one postcard to a random person and then another random person sends one to you. So there's not actually like a written back and forth between the same person. It's like a one-time pen pal. I, I use this in my classroom, and that's how I explain it to my kids. And they um they like that because it's completely safe. They're always worried about someone tracking them down, and and you really can't do that with post crossing because every time you send one card out, you get like a credit in the system for someone now somewhere in the world to send you a card back. So it's kind of a neat little trading game. Exactly. And uh, so you don't have uh, like to send back a postcard to the person who sent it to you. You send one, someone sends it, another one back to you from a random a place, and that's it. Anana, you mentioned like the the pen and paper part of it, and that's something that's so interesting. And this seems so so silly, but I'm sure you didn't even think about it when um, when you started with with post crossing, but. My students think it's so cool just to see different handwriting. Like, lots of times that's the first thing they say is, oh, this person's from Japan. Look how cool their handwriting is. Like, not even what they're writing. It's just the actual physical, like, letters on the page. So um, it really is like a more intimate connection than just sending an email or sending an e-card or something mm -hmm. like that. It is. And I, actually, by now, I've received about 800 postcards. And I can tell just by looking at the handwriting, more or less, which continent the postcard is coming from. It's really interesting. <laughs> okay, so yeah. I have to ask, Anna, uh, who has the best penmanship then? Of... Ah, okay. Of all the, the world, I, I can't imagine mm -hmm. it's it's uh, the United States. I don't think it's America. No. <laughs> no. Uh, I think Europe has a has a very wide range of. Uh, handwriting styles but for instance asia the numbers they write it really well and they have a really standard way of writing the letters i think it's because they have to draw the characters then when they when they write in english it it's very very similar and really neat i think so <laughs> well i i really like the whole postcard postcard thing um because I, I don't know, I'm kind of like a, a romanticist when it comes to the old ways of doing things. I, I like the idea of sticking a letter in the mail. Um, and it, uh, I know, Anna, you don't know this. I don't even know if Sean knows, but I, I have a, a soft spot in my heart for typewriters. I think typewriters are just like <laughs> the coolest thing ever. And, um, I mean, I, I have, I'm, I'm in, I'm in Studio B today because it's so early in the morning, which really means I'm sitting in the basement and there's, um, uh, typewriters all over my basement that's where they go and i try to clean them up and fix them and stuff and then they sit there because really what can you do with with the typewriter but um <laughs> postcards I, again kind of a soft spot in my heart for it because it is sort of like an outdated form of communi communication um so anna let me ask you this with with so many people using a site like yours what draws them to it why why are they so interested in doing this one you could just as quickly or even more quickly send out an email instead hmm it's true, you know, but I think that people cherish this this uh, this little memento that they get in the mail. First, it's a surprise; it's not a bill like 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 you get every day. So it's <laughs> yeah. it's a little treasure, right? You never know what you're gonna get, and then it's not a bill; it's a postcard. It's a smile from someone around the world, um, and it's something that they can keep, something physical they can grab and see and keep it for, for safekeeping or something. And um, also all the work that goes into choosing a postcard 
putting the stamps there, writing a message for someone else uh, according to what that person says on the profile, like, I like dogs, oh, I like dogs too, I have this dog. You know, it's it's so personal, and someone actually took time for that. It's, I think that's why people treasure it so much. <laughs> Well, that's a, a really neat thing. And John, you said, uh, as far as using it in the classroom, I think that's a great thing to show is uh, sometimes we might get a little too carried away with technology and uh, it, it takes the personal touch out of communication quite a bit. And this is a great way to, to really display that, uh, especially to children who uh, have really been raised in the digital age is, uh, you know, to, to introduce them to that. You know, children now, they probably don't even have any experience with receiving a letter or a postcard and uh, how how uh, what a surprise it is when you go and you check your mailbox one day and you have a note from somebody and uh, uh, there, there's something special there that just can't come across in an email or anything like that. No, right. And, and what I do too, um, in my room, at the start of the year, I'll take a picture of all my, my kids like standing out in front of the school or something. And there's all kinds of sites now online where you can have postcards printed up and it's fairly cheap. I usually get like two or 300 of them printed in. It's like 50 bucks for the year. And, um, and we'll use those to mail out to people kind of as from the, the collective class account on postcrossing. <laughs> and, um, the, the kids think that's awesome that they every time, like I'll, I'll have them take turns. Um, writing the cards and they all come back to the class as a whole. But um, the kids who are writing them think it's so cool that they can circle their tiny little face on the front of the post crossing thing so they can include in the message that that's them, you know, and, and it is, it's just a, it's a, a closer connection than what you'd be getting through some kind of digital means. And that, that's why I like it so much. That's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Anna, what, what type of, uh, what type of feedback have you received from the education sector? Do you have a lot of classrooms out there around the world that are using uh, post crossing? Yes, we do. We have quite a few, uh, and different classes too, like English or geography, cultures, history, even special education classes. We get feedback from the teachers, and it's all very positive so far. They tell us that uh, the students are really engaged and really, really eager to check the school mailbox every day. Um, and then the, the children build make little projects around it, like they build posters, they make little travel guides about the the postcards that they get in those countries and it's good for them they're curious they're researching so the positive the the feedback has been great <laughs> it's 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 such an easy site to use too and um it's kind of cool because it, it keeps statistics like i'm looking at at my school account right now and Anna, you, you totally blew me out of the water i was really uh kind of excited to to brag that i've sent 93 postcards so far and, and you jumped in right away with 800 but um but it, even that i there's almost like a math component to it as well because it shows um how the distance that each one travels and the distance each one uh comes when, when you receive it and then it gives you a total so like i'm looking at, at my account now and my sent and received, my total distance over those 93 cards is almost a half a million miles. That's just, it's so cool to see that. And I think there's a lot you could do with manipulating those numbers and things. Mm. Um, we're, a bit, uh, we're a bit of data geeks. So yeah. <laughs> we like to see all the numbers and the stats and the graphs. And oh, I think yeah, it's nice. 
Yeah, it's really cool. You know, and and I teach English, and, and in my classroom, I started it off. Uh, and Sean, you know this. I just jump into everything. I don't really right. think too much about what I'm going to do. <laughs> I just do it. And um, I, I found Post Crossing a few years ago, and that's how I got into it. And it started off as just let's see how many cards we can get. So throughout the year, the kids would be writing them and sending them out, and we'd be getting them back. And I think the first year, I got like fifty or sixty of them, and I'd hang them on the back wall with a map indicating where they came from. And at the end, I, I didn't really know what to do with them, but the kids would always go back and reread, and they all had their favorites. Um, mm. So what I did was I, I had a few weeks at the end of the year, and I decided we're going to do a research project. So um, pretty much randomly, I just handed out the postcards to everybody and said, come up with some or some question based on your, your card. So some of them had talked about the architectural stuff that the, the picture was featuring. Some was talking about the uh, content of the message. Some of them chose to write about the actual uh area that it came from but these full research projects were developed off of one postcard something on that postcard and i thought that was a really cool way to use them because you know honestly the messages that are on the back of the postcards are usually fit that much on there so mm -hmm. the fact that they were to take that and use that as a stepping stone to go into a full-blown uh research project it really shows how how powerful it can be to be using these like authentic pieces of paper from around the world Mm. I think it's so nice that it's, it's, for instance, you can learn about a country in a book, right? You have some pictures, you have a little text about it. But then if a person, a real person who lives in this country sends you a postcard and tells you, oh, today I saw the pyramids of Egypt through my window or something like that, then it makes it so much more real, no? Oh, yeah. And even the cultural piece of it, my favorite postcard I've ever received, it was from the Netherlands, and it was a, a cartoon in it, a cartoon cover or picture of um, Harry Potter, one of the Harry Potter books. And I never even realized this, but the the artistic representation of Harry Potter in the Netherlands looks drastically different from what we envision over here in America. So that opened up a huge conversation in class about what the characters really looked like and, and why they chose to make them look a certain way in a certain country. And it was just such a cool insight into something that I think everyone takes for granted and doesn't even realize. So all that stemmed right from from a post-crossing postcard. <laughs> so uh, let me ask you, now that we've, we've totally uh, sold everybody listening on post-crossing, <laughs> um, if, if there's a teacher who, who wants to know how to start using post-crossing, how, how does he or she do that? So first you go to the website. It's www.postcrossing.com, and you open an account. You should put your school address. And um, after that, it's quite simple. Each account has a profile, you fill it up, you ask for postcards. For instance, if you're teaching a history class, maybe you want postcards about the history of that country or something like that. And then uh, you send postcards. You send but you can send before you get them back, isn't that right? Yes. Uh, in the beginning, it's five. Okay. You send five postcards, you get some back, but then the limit increases um, quite fast. So the more you send, the more you get back. Right. Yeah, I think I'm up to like eight now I can send at a time, which it's not, uh, let me just, uh, the price at least, a lot of the people who are on post-crossing are over in Europe, um, and the the cost for the postcard, to, or the, the stamp to do that, I think it's like 94 cents or 95 98, cents. 98, I think. 98, there you go, yep. Um, so it's it's not too expensive. It gets a little pricey when you're sending 40, 50 postcards, but it's spread out over the course of the year. So I kind of consider that a uh, typical expenditure for a teacher. That, that's mm -hmm. how I explain it to my wife anyway. <laughs> I don't know if she <laughs> <always> believes me. 
And basically, that's the whole cost. It's just the postcards and the stamps, right? Because the rest of the stuff, it's it's free. So exactly. Uh, well, speaking of that, I'm kind of curious, uh, Anna. Uh, what's the uh, what's the model for uh, post crossing to make money? How how are you guys bringing money in? Is it just uh, advertising or? Uh, we do. We get revenue from advertising, Google AdSense on the website, and also from donations. We get a good good part of uh, the income through donations from people who really like the project and uh, would like us to keep doing it. <laughs> and we're only happy to do so. Well, uh, let, let's talk about that. So uh, definitely you uh, you have a great community. I think it's over 250,000 members. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's true. So uh, uh, hopefully they're all uh, just sending you bucket loads of money. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> We're not rich yet, but it's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, but it pays the bills, right? Yeah, it does. Uh, so, uh, so with that, uh, and with the uh, you, you know such a large community, you must have some really uh, neat story going back and forth. So, uh, any anything special that you want to share? Any special stories that have happened over the years? Um, last year, we did something really interesting on Hearth Day. Um, we did a not a so small collaboration with a school in Tuvalu which is a really small island, a group of islands in the Pacific Ocean. What is special about this group of islands is that the highest point is only four and a half meters above the sea level. And uh, with all what's going on with um, the global warming and the rising level of the sea, people say that the islands are going to disappear in uh, 50 or 100 years. And so the children there in the schools of Tuvalu, they wanted to attract people's attention to this problem, which is very real for them. And um, what they did was they drew some postcards, and they, they even have a design for a stamp, a contest. And um, we let them set up a special account on Postcrossing, and they sent, I think, 400 or 500 cards to a lot of people around the world, telling them about their country, how it was going to disappear, and uh, just calling attention to this uh, very real problem. And we're really proud of this project because uh, in the end we, get, we got some really nice feedback and people got to learn about what's going on in Tuvalu. Yeah, that's uh, that's quite amazing. I've seen a video of that, and I'm sure I don't know it was uh, on a the History Channel or something here in the United States, but uh, showing where uh, you know they literally are walking through several feet of water. Uh, yeah, there are plans for them to relocate to nearby islands, so it's it's going to happen. Not that not that far in the future. So what a neat way to get the uh, to get the word out, right? To uh, I, I can especially see you know children in a classroom uh, that being quite a, not only one to uh, not take for granted uh, the, the wonderful things that we have here, but uh, just to know that, uh, like you said, something like that, something like global warming, uh, is uh, having a real effect on somebody uh, somewhere mm. in the world. And it's going to keep well. I think at least a little bit, we hope it's going to spread the world about their culture, which is going to disappear in a way, no? Because they're going to run out of, of Iceland to live on. So maybe it will keep living a little bit in this postcard that they send out. What a cool, like, form of, of activism. It's like grassroots <laughs> acts of activism, send out postcards, you know, sharing all this stuff. But that, that's just so cool. Um, so I know, let me ask you, as far as postcrossing goes, I've been a, a fan for, what, like, three years now. Um, what are the plans for the future? What what kind of things am I going to see as I keep using the site? Well, hopefully uh, soon we will have a, 
a special version of the website for schools, just for schools. We're planning on oh, it. Because in the beginning, the website was not meant to be used for children. It's just a... Uh, that pe the teachers started using it and well it worked really well but now we want to make something a bit more children friendly so that the schools can exchange uh, postcards between them and um, I don't know there are, there are a few things we want to do like uh, include some events in the website um, some games etc <laughs> but the essence of post crossing will stay the same I hope well, uh, Anna, I, I think we're uh, we're coming kind of uh, to a close here. Uh, we always ask our guests uh, before we let them go: is there is there one thing that you'd you'd like to leave us with, or anything that you haven't mentioned yet? Um, I I think maybe the only thing I want to say is just try try the website, and uh, you'll see it looks a bit um, believable that you send a postcard and you get one back. Well, it really works. So just give it a try, and you'll see. I'm looking at the site right now, and uh, like you said, you're a fan of, of statistics. So just to, to end it on, I, I thought this is a cool little statistic. You have that uh, postcards sent through the, the site have traveled 1.1 million laps around the world. <laughs> yeah. like that number. That, that's pretty cool. We should, have, we should add how many um, times the travel to the moon or something like that. Something yeah. More. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering which planet we could have reached by now. Exactly. Ooh, cool. Maybe we should add that. Right. <laughs> All right, Anna. Well, uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to, to join us today and uh, uh, share Post Crossing with us. And what a great website. So I want to encourage all of our listeners to uh, go to postcrossing.com. And uh, we will also have links to the site in our show notes on our, our website. So uh, uh, for now, Anna, uh, thank you again. And uh, uh, we'll have to check back with you uh, on down the road when uh, as the site changes. Okay, thank you. Right. Thank you. Okay, so that was Anna Campos. Uh, and John, remind me, did she say she was from Berlin? She was in yeah, Berlin? Yeah, it, it sounds like she's quite the traveler. I think she said she uh, is Portuguese, so at some point she moved. But yeah, she said she's... Um, She's coming from Berlin today, which is, explains the early morning. Right, absolutely. And uh, from postcrossing.com. So uh, we highly encourage you to go check that out. Uh, what's neat about this one is this is not necessarily a classroom thing, right? I mean, uh, it, even most people listening to this are probably classroom teachers, but uh, you don't necessarily have to use it in the classroom. You can, and uh, you can also use it in the classroom. So uh, really neat site. Yeah, actually, the I share my classroom with the special ed teacher on my team, and after about a year of me using Post Crossing with the students, she actually went home and created an account for her her two kids. I think they're twelve and eight. So you can you can absolutely do it at home. And she said, kind of like what Anna mentioned, um, the kids love it now because every time the mail comes, they rifle through it and they see a bill, a bill, an ad, another bill, and <laughs> a postcard for them. Like it's kind of like that surprise. It's like that uh that toy at the bottom of the cereal box. Yeah, it, it reminds just that, you know, being a kid and uh, I, I remember my grandparents being like that. They were big letter writers and postcard senders. And uh, uh, so anytime you got something like that in the mail, it was so exciting. It was it was just like a, a special present that you got on that day. It was such a surprise um, and something that is kind of fading as technology takes over. So it's neat to say, see something kind of reviving that. Oh, Absolutely. 
All right. Well, uh, uh, I guess we will cut into our tips of the week. You got anything for us this week, John? Um, I'm totally claiming post crossing as my teacher tip of the week, but I, <laughs> I I've been doing that a lot lately. I'm sorry. I, I just feel like I'm 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 copping out every every episode. But I am going to steal your tech tip for oh, the week okay. if that's okay. No, then, absolutely. Go right ahead. Well, I, like I mentioned earlier, I uh, yesterday was Ed Tech Day, so we are setting up these computers all day. And um, there was one guy who was was in my group who really knew what he was doing. Actually, all day I kept looking at him thinking, I wonder if Sean and Mark know what the hell he's doing, because I don't. It was one of those cases where he had like, uh, he had the terminal open and there was just stuff flashing on the screen. Every once in a while he'd go, ooh, that's good, or ooh, that's bad, and I didn't know what was going on. But things he did was he set up a, a proxy server because we were installing um, all these updates, and, and he said that would work faster. And I, I barely know uh, what that even means, but as soon as I saw that, that I actually made a point to think I got to make sure that I, I talk to Sean about this because I bet he knows what I'm talking about. So okay. um, my, my tech tip for the day is um, a website called Squid. Are you aware of Squid, Sean? That really sounds familiar. Uh, not anything that I use uh, right now, I know, but that sounds very familiar to me. Well, let me, I'll, I'll tell you what I know, and then maybe you can fill in the gaps to make it coherent for the more techie people listening. Um uh, <laughs> So the, the website is squid-cache.org, and um, basically what it does is you can run it on a computer that's on your network and uh, use that computer as a proxy server so that all the other computers you can direct through that machine. So if they're downloading things, like yesterday there was 12 machines that were all um, trying to pull the same updates. If you run it through Squid, what it does is it'll cache it locally on that machine, and then the other ones can pull from that, so it's a lot quicker. Uh, and it doesn't it, it doesn't screw up your bandwidth or anything. And I don't know how to set it up. I watched this guy do it, and it seemed to work really well, and it, it helped us get our stuff along quicker. So um, I just thought it'd be a good tech tip for anyone listening who's in charge of doing something kind of like what you do in a school, Sean, where um, you're updating computers and you're getting the machines ready for the new school year. It's a, a free tool. Um, I, I believe open source, but maybe I'm making that up. But it uh, it, it seemed to work really well, and it was really kind of a, a, a quick and easy setup for yesterday. Yeah, uh, well, uh, you did a really great job. Actually, I pulled the website up, and uh, yeah, you explained that uh, perfectly. Uh, it is open source. It's uh, the GNU uh, public license, so uh, any anybody out there familiar with open source will know what that means. Uh, and yes, absolutely, and uh, I... Uh, this is exactly uh, where I heard it from uh, was uh, things like, uh, you know, at the beginning of the school year when President Obama does his uh, address to the students of the nation, um, you know, or uh, or when the uh, you had the presidential inauguration um, that, you know, you have in a school district, you know, you've got all of these uh, sources trying to go and stream this thing. Uh, we've got a one-to-one -one environment in our school district. So what we ended up happening having was uh, all of these different classrooms trying to connect to that, that live video stream and pull that data. And it, absolutely, it, it just bogs your network down. And uh, so what you end up getting is uh, everybody pretty much gets a horrible experience. <laughs> yeah, we, that's what happened at our school for uh, the inauguration video. I know exactly what you're talking about. So, yeah, this is exactly uh, what the type of thing that this is designed for. So that one server, so you would set that up on a server. It would pull that information down uh, one time uh, over the Internet and then stream it. You know, you, then you'd have that, that available 
locally within your network and a local network, uh, you know, depending on the network, but most local networks can handle uh, quite a bit more uh, of a bandwidth load. And uh, if they're set up properly, uh, should be able to handle that. So, uh, yeah, definitely something we have to look at setting up in in our own district. I, I had heard about it before, and it's just one of those things that you keep putting on the on the back shelf, so to speak. And uh, we never actually got back to it. So I, I think it's uh, awesome that you're bringing it back up because uh, right now is a perfect time to be looking at that. So yeah, not, not even an excuse to look. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, bring this to a close. Uh, let's talk about all the different ways that you can find and contact us out there. Uh, first and foremost, if you go to our website, elementopie.com, that's uh, like the periodic table of elements and like Opie Taylor, O-P-I-E. So elementopie.com, you'll uh, not only find out about our show, but uh, the other shows on the network. Uh, if you're interested in this, hopefully you might be interested in one of those as well. Uh, you can also contact us via email at the ty- uh, tightwadteacher at elementopie.com. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Element Opie. And uh, the best way to get us on Twitter uh, is to go to the at Element Opie page on Twitter and you'll find a list there. Uh, there are several lists, but uh, one of those lists is Tightwad Teacher and you will get uh, that will sign you up to follow both me and John. Uh, and then any of the other lists will follow the co-hosts of those uh, respective shows. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Element Opie. And uh, you can also call us and leave us a message at 530-FRUGAL, F-R-U-G-A-L-2. So 530-FRUGAL-2, you can leave us a message. Uh, there's also a widget on our website that you can uh, uh, click and uh, put your uh, phone number in there, and Google will call you, and uh, you, you can leave a voicemail for us that way. Uh, we certainly will uh, respond and uh, quite possibly use your voicemail on the air. So uh, if you don't want it on the air, certainly let us know. Uh, that is also a universal phone number for all of our shows so uh, if you're leaving a voicemail for this show uh, if you can indicate that that would be great we haven't gotten a, a call yet have we uh no not really we uh i we had one kind of general one and it, it, it's funny uh i think mark actually played it in the tightwad tech and uh, as we listened to it we said that sounds like maybe that was a tightwad teacher listener, <laughs> but it was such a general voicemail that, you know, it wasn't really saying anything specific, didn't reference any code that. So we thought that might've been for the tightwad teacher, but even then we're not sure. So, <laughs> sure. Oh, there you go. So, um, if you're listening right now and you leave us a message, you could be part of tightwad teacher history. Be the right. first one. First one. Yeah. It, it's funny. We, uh, we almost got to the point of begging for voicemails uh, on the Tightwad Tech. You know, when we first got that set up, we were all excited. We got the number set up and we got the widget on the side and everything. And uh, we were almost begging for somebody to call us. And it took quite a while, it, I don't, maybe a month or so uh, before we got the first one. And then we got this flood of them uh, and we were getting uh, one almost every week and then it slowed back down. So uh, I don't know, maybe it's a seasonal thing. I guess we'll we'll see over time. I feel like what Anna was saying earlier about uh, waiting anxiously at the, the mailbox for a postcard to come. I'm waiting anxiously for you to call me one day and say, we got a message. <laughs> right. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a specific question or anything like that. If you would just want to call us up and say, hey, uh, we enjoy the show or, uh, or, or, you know, there's something that you think we could do better or you'd like to see more of, uh, anything like that. Any input is, is valuable. So 
uh, give us a call. Yeah. All right. What do you think, John? Yeah, I think it was uh, another good show, Sean. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, Anna was uh, a great guest, and uh, I look forward to uh, uh, doing it again in the future. Hopefully, uh, maybe once they get that education portion up and rolling, we can uh, we can talk. It could really open up some possibilities. All right. Well, uh, that'll wrap it up for this week. We'll uh, we'll we'll talk to y'all next week uh, as as we uh, move on. Uh, John, you uh, remember offhand what we have to offer up next week? Uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I it's still early. It's before seven a.m. Yeah. here, so I'm actually thinking if I can get in bed in the next like fifteen minutes and pretend to be asleep, uh, my <laughs> wife will let me stay there. <laughs> um, next week, yeah, actually, real excited. Next week, um, we have. Uh, a network administrator from Australia. So I think it's another early one for us. Okay. Uh, his entire school has switched to um, a Linux environment. So it's going to be kind of cool to talk to him about that because that's one of those things that I think in um, in theory work, works really well with education. So I'm kind of excited to hear um, what kind of hangups they've run into and, and what kind of successes, that kind of thing. Because, uh, you know, I've, I've always been a supporter of open source and that kind of thing. And, and frankly, I don't know why um, more schools aren't invested in that and we'll talk more about that next week but it's going to be a really good show especially if those are the kinds of things that uh, you're interested in absolutely awesome that sounds great so uh, definitely join us next week as we uh, we cover that and other topics and uh, uh, we will uh, we'll see you then so uh, for now i'll just end the show with saying uh, this is sean signing off and john going back to bed.